This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Thursday, the 10th of February. Justin, the CEO of Qantas reckons that WA's hard borders are similar to the barrier between North and South Korea. Now, he later kind of backpedaled, but the damage was done. Brett, got a new and kind of random research report stat for you. Okay. 68% of Aussie entrepreneurs use their gut instincts to make decisions once a week. I think I can relate to that, Justin, Mm -hmm. maybe 50 times a week. Three insightful stories today. Let's do it. For our first, Temple and Webster, the Aussie furniture retailer, may have seen sales jump big time, but unfortunately, they're still grappling with high shipping costs and those logistics disruptions. I swear, if I hear one more company complain about supply chains, <laughs> what is the story, Brett? Okay, so Temple and Webster, it's an online-only furniture and homewares retailer. We're talking tables and cushions, mirrors, and Justin, even kids, <laughs> not kids, car seats for the kids. <laughs> and Brett, after a couple of rocky years, you know, beginner's blunders, mm. the Companies really started to see some real growth lately. In fact, Temple and Webster's sales went up 46% to $235 million. That's just for the last six months. But it ain't all good news, B-Man. Oh, no. Big fat shipping costs, supply chain pain, uh, and heavy marketing investment oh, yeah. that really pulled their net profits down by 40%. Still, Jazzy Boy, it must be said, if the US is anything to go by, then Temple and Webster has a lot of room for growth here in Australia. So what's the key learning here? Sometimes you need to look abroad to see where an industry may lead. And in the Aussie market, industry trends are often set by our friends in the US. We had the marketplace trends start with Amazon and eBay over in the US. And now we've got sites like Catch and Kogan start up in Oz. We had buy now, pay later companies like Affirm start in the US in 2012. And Australia's Afterpay came around a few years after that. So where there's smoke in the US, uh, we can start a fire here in Australia. (laughs) And Brett, online penetration in the homewares and furniture category is around 10% in Australia. But in the US, it's more than double that. And that's why Temple and Webster reckon there's still a whole lot of room for growth in Australia. Mm. For our second story, Apple is going to transform iPhones into contactless credit card readers with a new feature called Tap to Pay. And Justin, oh boy, Square must be shaken in their booty. <laughs> that is block to you, Brett. <laughs> what is the story? So Apple is pretty much always at the forefront of new technology. They know what us humble consumers want. <laughs> We've got the Mac computer, the iPhone, AirPods, and even in the payment space. Now, Justin, we know that Apple currently has Apple Pay for consumers. You know, the tech that allows you to tap and pay your phone at a point of sales terminal. But now they're taking this tech one step further with that new feature named Tap to Pay. Sounds a little like Apple Pay, but what actually is it? Well, it's going to let merchants accept contactless payments even if they don't have any extra equipment. You know, like an FPOS machine. Or, and this is a cracker, Brett, a square credit card <laughs> reader dongle. Yep, the prospect of these dongles becoming obsolete sent shares in block all the way down. And Brett, while this innovation may be good for Apple and its millions of fans, it really hurts the incumbents like Block or Square. Who were the innovators just a few years ago. So what's the key learning here? Innovation is generally a good thing. It can make us more productive or create new jobs or push down prices in specific industries. Innovation is often seen as the driving force behind capitalism. But Jazzy Boy, it can often have a pretty dark economic side. One example of this is creative destruction. And that is? Well, this is the notion that sometimes innovation can reduce the profits of existing companies and eliminate certain jobs. And Brett, there are always winners and losers. Take Uber, for example. The founders won big, and so did a lot of people who wanted more flexible working arrangements. But taxi drivers could say they lost. Mm -hmm. And right now, we could be about to see some companies, like Square slash Block, potentially lose big to Apple's innovation. For our third and final story, Bumble, the dating app, has just made its first acquisition ever. It's a French Gen Z dating app 
called Fruits with a Z. Honestly, Justin, I reckon that's such a good name. <laughs> Should it be Flux Fruits? What's the story here? Okay, so Bumble is a dating app where females make the first move. Now, it was founded in late 2014 by a co-founder of Tinder, and now it's valued at a humble $8 billion US dollars. Now, over to Fruits. This company launched in France back in 2017. And what do they have to do with fruit, Justin? Well, basically, each user is assigned a fruit depending on what they want from the dating experience. Then you can be matched with your own fruity companion. Watermelons with watermelons, strawberries <laughs> with strawberries. Now, this app is hugely popular with Gen Z audiences, and it's gaining traction in other countries as well. And of course, Justin, now Bumble has acquired fruits. This will help Bumble attract a fresh, young user base. So what is the key learning here? As millennials begin to age out of certain apps, like dating apps, yeah. Gen Z is becoming the new, highly lucrative frontier. Now, millennials are people born between 1981 and 1996. That means today they're between 26 and 41 years old. So some companies like Bumble, they're finding that their older customers are aging out of their apps. They're moving on from dating and they're getting married, buying <laughs> homes, having kids, all the wonderful scary stuff. <laughs> and so Bumble is losing market share. So to keep up, Justin, they need to start targeting a new market. Catering to the Gen Z demographic. And Justin, which young person doesn't love fruity emoticons? <laughs> you find me one. Flux family, you may have seen me or Justin on TikTok. We're kind of still working our way through the whole thing. We have some hits, we have some misses, but one thing we know is we want to get to 25,000 followers. Currently on 24.1, can you help us get there, Flux fam? Head over to Flux.Finance on TikTok and make sure to give us a follow and tell your mates too. Our aim is to get there in the next, ooh, seven days. Can we do it? Flux.Finance on TikTok. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.